0: Hey, hey, water coolians! Welcome back to another episode of Water Cooler Talk podcast. Today on the show, we are joined by new friend Sarah Kermode. She, along with her husband Andy, created the podcast "Hiking Through Life" that aims to inspire people from all walks of life to live a more meaningful life. In our conversation, Sarah and I talk about hugging trees and reconnecting with the natural world, and in the second half of the show, talk about proper preparation when exploring the outdoors and why it might not be the best decision to trust a rope you saw on a hike seven years ago. So without further ado, right to the episode today, ladies and gentlemen, this is Water Cooler Talk episode 70 titled Forest Bathing with Sarah Kermode of Hiking Through Life Podcast. Enjoy. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real.
1: Like I remember I had this giant bin full of gift wrap. Like I was just collecting gift wrap and like <laughs> because I was keeping it because I can. And it's something that I'll you maybe – You never know. Yeah, you never know. You'll maybe use it one day. But I had so much that of it. That sounds like
0: such a Midwest thing.
1: Yes, it to is. To have
0: just a bucket of gift wraps.
1: Yeah, and tissue paper. <laughs>
0: yes,
1: It is. And I just remember like looking at that bucket and being like, I, I'm going to need this. And just like – having those moments of being okay, parting with that stuff was Mm -hmm. just like an eye opener and just really, yeah, made you realize you can replace it eventually. And yeah, then you go into a van and you have everything you need to survive. We had food, we had water, we were living and keeping ourselves alive, taking care of our baby. (laughs) And that's really all all that we needed at the end of the day
0: traveling myself and living on a car and how hard that was just taking care of myself but now to have you know a baby and then a dog it <laughs> adds on another difficulty level to <laughs> that situation
1: yeah it definitely does like i remember the first like week we did it we were up on the north shore just before grand Marais, hanging out on a beach and i was just thinking to myself like What have we done? We sold our house and we're in this van with our nine-month-old baby. And that's like the time in Minnesota when it's like really hot and really buggy. Mm -hmm. I was definitely like questioning our life choices at that moment. Why did we do this? I feel like I did make a (laughs) mistake.
0: Well... Sarah, I will say, you did not make a mistake coming on the show, and are you ready to jump into the first news story?
1: Yeah, I'm ready.
0: This first story is from Iceland Review Nature, written by Larissa Kaiser, April 10th, 2020. Forest Service recommends hugging trees. Well, you can't hug others. The Icelandic Forest Service is encouraging people to hug trees, while social distancing measures prevent them from hugging other people. Forest Rangers in the Hauserdor National Forest in East Iceland have been diligently clearing snow-covered paths to ensure the locals can enjoy the great outdoors without coming into close contact with other guests. Forest ranger Poor Porfinson stated, when you hug a tree, you feel it first in your toes, and then up in your legs, and into your chest, and then up into your head. It's such a wonderful feeling of relaxation. And then you're ready for a new day and new challenges. People should take their time to reap the full benefits of their tree-hugging, Poor continues. Five minutes is really good. If you can give yourself five minutes of your day to hug a tree, that's definitely enough. You can also do it many times a day. That (laughs) wouldn't hurt. But once a day, will definitely do the trick, even just for a few days. Rangers in the Halasdor National Forest have marked out intervals of two meters, or about 6.5 feet for the U.S., Liberia, and Myanmar listeners within the forest so that the visitors are able to enjoy nature without fear of getting too close to one another during COVID restrictions. Assistant forest ranger, oh, oh boy, sorry, Bergen. Bergen Anna Porstendotter states, it is recommended that people, I think I know that one, (laughs) it is recommended that people get outdoors during this horrible time. Why not enjoy the forest and hug a tree and get some energy from this place? So, Sarah, just in your own adventures and being outdoors, you know, what have you discovered about just humanity and our connection to nature within the past couple of years of dealing with COVID and, you know, finding this space to disconnect, but disconnect in a very healthy manner?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, yeah, reading this article definitely had me thinking about how during COVID, so many people were starting to just be outside more. All of a sudden, I was seeing people just around the block more riding bikes and walking more and because people weren't able to do anything else. And before COVID, I was like kind of more so in the mindset that When I went outside, it had to like be a trail. I had to get in a car and like go drive to a trail to like really get super connected with nature. Mm -hmm. But COVID was like another reminder to me that I I don't have to do that. I can just step outside of my front door and take a walk around the block and clear your mind and feel a lot better. It can be something as simple as just like, Well, I mean, like in that article, it said like hug the tree for five minutes. But I think even like listening to the birds sing or like just listening to the rustle of the leaves and the wind blowing on the trees can be a very calming feel just to get away, like in the middle of your work day too. get away from it all and get outside and you'll just feel like a sense of calm slowly fall over you.
0: Yeah, and the one nice thing about outside is it's free and it's, you know, available to everyone. You know, you don't have to have this you know, certain privilege to be able to go outside and experience nature. And, you know, I thought you had a very good point on you don't need to go, you know, on these massive hiking trips, or you don't need to be, you know, backpacking through Yellowstone, or, you know, going through Europe, backpacking to really experience nature, you have this opportunity to just, you know, go walk around a local park, especially here in Minnesota, we have so many amazing parks, you know, the land of 10,000 lakes, you know, all those 10,000 lakes probably have a park somewhere near where you can go and enjoy this experience of just getting out, getting that fresh air and really just not necessarily disconnecting, but in a sense, disconnecting from your everyday life to kind of get a jolt of energy of something new and something fresh. And I think it's so important, especially when it comes to travel, like I tell everyone, get out there and travel. But travel doesn't need to be going to different countries and doing these massive trips that change your life. It can just be going to the town over and experiencing just this different way of living. Because as someone who works in food trucks and travels around a lot, it's like, You go from one part of the city to the next part of the city, and the people are completely different. And you kind of pick up this new experience on, oh, even like five minutes away from where I live and where I spend most of my life, there are people that are living completely different lives and seeing the world in such a different way. And that is really cool. And I think through COVID, a lot of people figured that out. It's like, oh yeah, I can get out and really see the world in a different way.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because even before I met Andy like five years ago, I was doing a lot of international traveling. Like I taught abroad and I would just like go on abroad trips because I could and like it gave you a lot of perspective and traveling does like shape who you are and shape your perspectives on the world and on people. Yeah, it doesn't have to be going to another country. Like you said, there's so many other ways that people are living in our own neighborhoods. Like just getting outside too Mm -hmm. and like talking to your neighbors is another way just to connect with people and see how someone else lives. And like, even in Minnesota, there's like so many pockets of like immigrants, like living in certain neighborhoods and like Minneapolis and in Brooklyn Park and like just all these pockets of people like Somali families, African American families that yeah, are living like very different lives from ourselves. And it's just a matter of like getting out there and talking to someone and not not making judgments before you know their story.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, something just our experience with nature is very personal to each and every one of us. You know, I know whenever I go out in nature or go out on hikes or just go out on drives, you know, I have this moment of. Really, reflection within myself and being able to have these conversations with myself. You know, I remember being on the road and maybe in Nebraska somewhere, where it's just all cornfields and flat roads, and just being able to see roads for miles and miles and miles, and being like, really, or taking the time to really understand who I am as a person. And I think that's something that even just not not necessarily needing to go in nature, but taking those five minutes, as poor Porfinson says, and just Really reflecting on who you are as a person and taking that time to really connect within yourself and do the healthy mindset of disconnecting from being so connected in, you know, modern day life and just having that essence of, all right, today I'm just going to take five minutes, step away from what I'm doing and just have a conversation with myself and learn more about myself and understand myself and, you know, really like myself better
1: absolutely it gives you a chance to be be away from the technology because like when you're inside you're constantly most of the time surrounded by like bright lights and screens or like you're looking down at a screen you're doing all these things that are very unnatural to the human body but sadly those things have become so natural or so normal Mm -hmm. to our society and so many people have just lost the art of Being in the natural world and just like what our ancestors were connected to, just the world, the nature. And yeah, like I definitely love spending time in nature by myself and just reflecting and thinking and just being able to be very mindful. Like this summer, especially, we didn't, we all we had was time together as a family. Mm -hmm. My husband and our baby and our dog, all we had was time to be outside or in our van. When the weather was really bad, we were really thankful we had a van instead of like a tent. (laughs) It was like an upgrade. We used to be tenters. And then when we got a van, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is so nice. (laughs) It's a step up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When you really start, you know, stripping away those amenities and really start understanding human connection, I think humanity tends to be a lot more healthier.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I've even noticed it about myself since we've been back. With our baby in the house, like I won't be as present. I'll be like, oh, I need to be like doing this. I need to like just, I'll be looking at my phone. I'll be like cooking dinner. I'll be distracted with something else. Whereas, like in the van all summer, there wasn't much else to do. Mm -hmm. So I could be present all of the time. I keep reminding myself to be present and be conscious of the choices I'm making with my baby and with my family and like take those lessons from the road this summer from being outside. And just apply them to your everyday life. It's a hard thing. It's a Mm -hmm. process. It's I mean, we're humans. We all are kind of sucked into all of our to do lists and all those things we want to get done. But at the end of the day, and at the end of life, what's really going to matter is the reflection you had on your kids, the connections you had with your kids, the connections you had with your family and your friends and I think getting outside can really help you understand all of that about one another.
0: It's, it's so hard to take that time, even to take five minutes, because I mean, even with myself, you know, like on my phone, like I have a to do list of 50 things I need to get done. And I'm like, well, crap, do I really need to get this done today? Or can I take this time to reflect on just life and being in the situation I'm in? And like a lot of people aren't able to be in the situation I'm in and taking that time to really, as you said, you know, early on in this conversation, slow down. And take in life for what life is, because regardless of how you see, you know, the afterlife or reincarnation, but right now we have this one life and, you know, do your best to really enjoy it and really, once again, parrot your words, slow down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the tree hugging, there's another term that the Japanese made up called forest bathing. And in Japan, they call it, I even wrote it down, and I'll probably totally butcher this too, shinren yoku. Probably didn't say that right at all. But yeah, that's forest bathing. And it's just like, there's like so much research that the Japanese have given into forest bathing Mm -hmm. that just like, go stand in nature. It's going to lower your stress levels, it's gonna make you happier. It's it could even like increase your longevity of life. Mm -hmm. There's so many benefits to doing this for the human body and for your soul.
0: I think one of the most life changing moments in my life was being in South Africa, no light pollution, and seeing the Milky Way, obviously a different Milky Way than we would get here in the US. But just seeing the vastness of how really small you are in this world that seems so big. And it really puts into perspective, you know, all your problems and all the to-do lists that, all right, do I really need to get this thing done today instead of just enjoying this life I'm living now?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All those to-do lists and all those things. And at the end of the day, all those things are probably really small problems. And yeah, getting outside really is going to opened my mind to realize we were offered one life and it's up to us to make the most meaning out of it. And that's like a huge part of like where Andy and I just like found that we really connected in being outdoors when we first met. Like that's all we did. We went camping, we went hiking, and we just found that it was like a really deep way for us to be together and be humans and connect and grow our relationship at the beginning. It like maybe made our relationship move faster, but I, I think the outdoors has a huge part of how we got to be so strong as a couple at the beginning.
0: Yeah, it definitely it <laughs> tests your relationship to be in a van together, traveling with that a too. baby and a dog and <laughs> Yes, yes.
1: We survived the summer and like we didn't, you know, we're still we're still a family. We're still together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'd like to welcome to the show, host of the Hiking Through Life podcast, Sarah. Obviously, Sans Andy today. Uh Sarah, welcome to Water Cooler Talk.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here with another podcaster. <laughs> uh
0: so I I do we've obviously been talking about it a little bit, you know, on the record off the record, but I want to talk about your journey of life so far, you know, starting with, you know, meeting Andy in 2015 and get your take just on the importance of, you know, this current ever evolving journey, as you both say, you know, the ups and downs, you know, everything that makes life worth living, you know, during that time, what have you discovered about yourselves both together and then also just independently for yourself, Sarah?
1: Yeah. So yeah, together our journey began in 2015. We, when we met, we both just realized we both had like a, a, background in the outdoors together with both of our families both of us grew up camping and just being outdoors both of us grew up in minnesota very like minnesota rich lifestyle on the lakes (laughs) and we just connected over that and started backpacking a ton together and realized that we really enjoyed doing that just being out in nature together and connecting together and just having that very minimal Life, Like everything we needed was on our back. We would just go backpacking pretty much every weekend. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, that's evolved over time. Like now, five years later, here we are in 2021, we have a nine month old baby and we're definitely not getting out backpacking every weekend, but we were out in a van for the whole summer. Um, But yeah, we kind of just look at life as a journey and it's always evolving. You know, so many people in life are kind of forming themselves to fit in a box. You know, you're born, you go to school, you go to college, you get a degree, and you work in that field for the rest of your life. I got a degree in early childhood education, and I'm working in a preschool, and I love what I do. I actually work in an outdoor preschool too, which is awesome. <laughs> okay. We're, we're outside with the kids all the time, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I love what I do, but so many people just like kind of go through the motions of life and aren't fully fulfilled on a daily basis. Part of life is a journey and it's your job. Like you are in charge of your life. You have to create your own destiny and your own choices. And it's a blank slate. You get to do what you want to do. And that's kind of the way that we are living our life right now currently we've come to a conclusion as like a couple and as a family that we don't necessarily want to go through the motions of each day we want to be fulfilled and we want to be happy and like yeah to do that we're like taking the strengths of each of us individually as who we are as a couple or who we are individually and then like molding those together Mm -hmm. so like for example like we do the hiking through life thing together and like Andy runs like a lot more of the logistical stuff behind it. I'm more of a people person and you just kind of feed off each other's strengths and and roll roll with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely I'm sure it helps to have a good partner where you're both being able to provide 100 percent, but you're being able to provide 100% in the areas that the other may, you know, not necessarily be lacking in, but not be able to have the greatest strengths in.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not at all like a numbers person. I'm not a spreadsheet person. I'm not like a that type of mindset at all for me is not not there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we feed off of each other in that sense. And that's like a big part of how hiking through life has evolved and come and Um,
0: (laughs) but I do like the aspect you talked about, you know, you know, fitting into this box, going through the motions, you know, a lot of the time on the show, we talk about the comfortability of unhappiness, you know, it's a lot easier to go through the emotions and, you know, follow this template that the quote, unquote, American dream has created for at least specifically speaking to America that has created for many Americans, you know, you do school, and then you do college, and you get a job, and you get married, and then you have kids, and then you die. And, and, you know, I do want to say for some people, that makes them happy and there's nothing wrong with that and i think that's important that we say that but based on all these studies and based off of these mental health issues we're having and the increase of mental health issues throughout you know the past 20 30 years i think there is a issue of people being very unhappy going through the motions but it is tough to get out of that comfortability of i can just go home and sit on the couch and you know watch netflix and once again if you like doing that and it makes you happy totally good with you but this data is sh- is showing that this does not add enough to make people happy and content with their life as it may seem like it does because people are just not as happy as I think they want to be. But it's tough to make those necessary changes. And it's tough to, you know, like you and Andy did, sell your house and get a van and go traveling for a summer because there's a lot of risk involved with that. That people are like, do I really want to take that risk for the chance? to be happy. You know, you and Andy could have taken that trip and done this and realized like, well, I freaking hate you, man. (laughs) You know, and there's that inherent risk that it's not going to turn out as well as it may have for you. And I'm sure, you know, there's Pros and cons to that trip for the both of you. But obviously, you learned a lot about who you are and who your relationship is. And in the end, I think that brings forth a better essence of a happy life when you really understand who you are and taking the time to understand your relationships with other people. But a lot of people don't want to do that because that's not comfortable. That's going into that uncomfortableness of being like, I don't have a shower, so I have to wash myself in a flying J bathroom.
1: Right, exactly. It's all about getting comfortable being uncomfortable to really reach that potential of happiness, I think sometimes. You know, because like like we're saying so many people are just doing these things and going through the motions and a lot of a lot of society, I would say, isn't thriving in happiness. And yeah, we just had like a really hard. We're still in a very hard time with the pandemic and COVID and everything, like a lot of people lost jobs, like it's it's a huge deal for our country for our world. But at the same time, maybe people need to step back and look at how they're living their lives. Like what are you spending your money on? Are you saving money? Are you just like eating out all the time? Are you buying new clothes all the time? Are you going out to movies all the time? Do you have a job where you're making a lot of money, but you're just buying all these things? And in the end, all those things are just going to end up in your house. And Mm -hmm. did you fulfill your life to be the fullest potential it could be? That's like what our year has been about.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who's that um one woman, Maria Kondo? Marie where, Kondo, yeah. Is that is that her name? Yes. Maria Kondo, where she's like, you look at something, and it's like, does it bring you Does
1: it spark joy? Does
0: it spark joy? And if it doesn't get rid of it. And I think that's such a good way of looking at life. And you know, not everyone has the you know, the privilege to be able to be like, I can throw things away because I have access, but like as you were saying, you know, people can make these choices to live a better life and live a healthier life and live a less excessive and just, yeah, excessive, I think is a good word for that, excessive life. But do they really want to make that change? A lot of the time people don't because it's hard. It's hard to say, go work out, get up at 6am, go for a run. I want to just stay in bed and sleep for another two hours.
1: Right, right. It's hard to get routines going. There's like a magic number as to how many times something has to be done before it can become like a routine and before your mind is like Mm -hmm. trained to be doing it.
0: It can take anywhere from 18 to 254 days for a person to form a new habit and an average of 66 days for a new behavior to become automatic
1: and yeah it's like if you are trying to thrive at life and like have a thriving lifestyle then you're gonna have to like keep going at it and keep these habits of like asking yourself and i would say challenging yourself to really live the life that you want and like like we said there's nothing wrong at all with living your life and like doing your regular work, if you feel like you are happy and doing really well, mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of people who are not.
0: Yeah, and I think you know something that these past now almost two years of you know dealing with COVID nineteen is really it really allowed one of the pros. Obviously, there's a lot more cons to COVID nineteen. The pros, but one of the pros was it allowed people to really slow down and figure out what made them happy. And you know, once again, not everyone had those opportunities. But for the majority of people who did, they had this aspect to say, I don't want to work at McDonald's for nine bucks an hour. And now I just saw a sign that says McDonald's is hiring for 15 bucks an hour. You know, people had this opportunity to really slow down and figure out, this is what I want from life. And I'm going to do what I can in society to get that from life. And I think that was, you know, a major positive that I hope that I really do hope continues on after we kind of move on from COVID-19. And I think it'll always be in our lives. You know, there'll probably be a COVID-30 eventually. But just having that aspect of understanding what you truly want does make not only a better version of yourself, but a better version of humanity for everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because like if you're doing what you are truly passionate about and what you really love, then people are going to feed off of that And it's going to be obvious that you're happy and thriving doing what you are doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think that COVID opens so many opportunities for people to like dive into talents that they wouldn't have otherwise ever had the time for. And while that is hurting our economy in some sense, because there are a lot of open jobs out there, there will be people to eventually fill those jobs. And like, yeah, we do need just to have a happier, thriving world and people because at the end of... At the end of it all, don't we want happier people who are able to connect with one another rather than just going (laughs) through the motions?
0: I think we do. But I think there's bigger powers that may not want that. (laughs) Sarah, before we move on, myself and what. (laughs) <laughs> Myself and Water Cooler Talk are in a mission to help get back to different parts of the community and those who have helped build our show to where it stands today. For each new episode of the podcast, the guests will bring with them a charity of their choice to represent. On the day of their episode going live, Water Cooler Talk will give a donation to that charity in honor of the guest, as well as a global platform to spread a message of love, hope, and togetherness. And we hope you listening to this episode can join in to help spread their message to your own personal audience. Sarah, your charity of choice for today's episode is Hike for Mental Health. You mind explaining a bit about the work they do and the importance of, as we were just talking about, working towards healthy mental health?
1: Yeah, so Hike for Mental Health organizes hikes to promote benefits of hiking and they also fund mental health research and trail conservation, which is a huge part of the outdoors as well because if our trails aren't being properly taken care of, then we're not going to have trails to go out onto. So they're a great organization. They do a lot of events. And I know last October they did like a October hike-a-thon where you could just track your own miles. And it was just like a challenge for yourself. I don't know if they're doing that this October. Mm -hmm. They possibly might be if you check out their website.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you being able to, you know, share them on the podcast and, you know, the work they're doing. And, you know, just getting out and what that means for, like you said, not fixing these mental health issues, but helping, you know, put in the motion or putting in, you know, the cogs to really work on it and be more healthy in that sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just get people get people out there and see that there is There is more out there. There's the natural world that can have so many benefits on your mind and your physical and your mental well-being.
0: Yeah. And some, you know, pretty views out there hiking as well.
1: (laughs) Oh, and it looks like they are doing it. It's called Hike October.
0: Okay. Hike October. We are in October coming up. This episode will probably come out in October. So there you are. All right, Sarah, you're ready to jump into our last news article of the episode. Yes. Talk about being properly prepa- prepared if you do want to go on these October hikes. This is from CBS News, September 11th, 2019. Message in a bottle leads to rescue of California families stranded on 40-foot waterfall. Curtis Whitson and his family were days into a scenic Father's Day weekend trip into Pfeiffer, Big Sur, State Park when they got trapped at the top of a 40-foot waterfall in the Arroyo Seco Canyon. Curtis told the Washington Post that he had hiked the same route seven years ago, I think it's important that we highlight seven years ago, and descended the same waterfall by grappling down a rope. But this time, seven years later, with his girlfriend and 13-year-old daughter in tow, there was no rope to be found, and backtracking was too dangerous. Stranded miles from the nearest campground and without cell service, Curtis wrote an SOS note on a bar tab his girlfriend kept to keep score of their freaking card games. The note read, We are stuck here at the waterfall. Get help please, short and to the point. Putting the note in one of their water bottles and carving the word help into its side, Curtis tossed the message downstream and hoped for someone to come across their plea for help. Hours later, hikers found the message in the bottle and Todd Brether and Tony Ramage of the California Highway Patrol Air Operations Unit, CHP, were able to find the stranded hikers around midnight and set up a rescue for the next morning. CHP officers descended on Curtis's campsite, where the family had spelled SOS on a tarp with rocks and airlifted the hikers to safety. CHP officer Ted Brether stated, they were really out of options if they hadn't gotten the message out that way. So as living in a van, obviously, you have a different, you know, aspect of being able to have a little more preparation and things in the van rather than just hiking and camping and stuff of that nature. But just on your journey this last summer, you know, what was the importance of just being properly prepared for an outdoor adventure and then just your background in hiking and... All of that as well.
1: Right, definitely. Well, yeah, like you said in this article, the big number was seven years ago. I mean, I think that's huge when you are going out on any hike, no matter where. You should read the most recent news about that place Mm -hmm. like something seven years ago trails change conditions change a trail might be closed so there's so many places where you can stay updated like there's facebook groups that you can join that have a lot of updated news there's hiking groups out there there's you can call you can check websites so there's a lot of places that can keep you updated and that's what we were doing a lot throughout the summer um just like with where we were hiking when we would pull up in our vans Uh, we would check local facebook groups check local web pages always stop at the ranger station to get the most up-to-date information is a really good idea as well because when we were going out in the van we went to remote areas like a lot of national forests where you could just drive down a dirt road for miles and miles and might not see anybody although this summer we did see a lot more people than normal, I think, do because of COVID. A lot of people were out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you'll, you're will you going to be in places where you won't have cell service. So you need to keep that in mind. And one thing that we always have with us is a GPS system. And while those aren't necessary, it's definitely a peace of mind knowing that if there were a big emergency, you have a way to get a hold of emergency people. So I think that's huge. But if you don't have a GPS system, just always tell somebody where you're going.
0: Yes, that's very important. Like
1: if you're going on a backpacking trip, tell a family or friend, I'm leaving on this date, I'm expected to be back on this date. If you don't hear from me by this time on the day I'm supposed to be back, then you should start calling the local ranger station and checking with the local people. Because that's, like, the best way, other than just, like, because in this case, too, like, they had to have emergency people come in. And while those emergency people, yeah, they're they're trained, that's their job, it's probably something that could have been prevented if there was a, little, a few more measures taken.
0: Yeah, I think there's this general, almost overestimate of the dangers of nature. And I know specifically, you know, when we talk about the ocean, people underestimate the powers of the ocean. And I even had, you know, kind of a coming close to Icarus moment on, you know, I had just come back from Africa and I was this legal safari guide in South Africa. And I was like, I just survived Africa. And then, you know, yeah, I went deep into Yellowstone and hiked around and I was like, coming out of Yellowstone. I was like, that was really stupid, you know, like, I didn't have any spray on me for, you know, bears, you know, I saw moose and I'm like, okay, this is a situation where I thought... I, you know, had survived South Africa, but then, you know, something about nature is every biome of nature is completely different. And just because you can, you know, understand the biome and the flora and the fauna of one region and, you know, everything involved in the dangers of that region doesn't mean you can do that in another region, and it's so important to take that time, like you said, talk to the ranger station, you know, I know this summer in Minnesota, going up to the Boundary Waters, you couldn't do fires. And so now, if you're going deep into a camping situation, and you can't have, you know, a a wood-burning fire, I know they allowed gas-burning fires, I believe. But that's important to know, because you leave a fire on overnight, the embers spark you know, the dry brush, and now you have a forest fire. And now your decision not to be informed is affecting thousands upon thousands of people and this ecosystem that is now in jeopardy because you couldn't take five minutes to properly get the correct information.
1: And like, just going off top of that, like even if people are aware of the rules like sometimes there are people that just like disregard them which is very unfortunate as well so like those rules are put in place for a reason in the outdoors i mean rules are put in place for reasons everywhere in life and yeah we need to follow those but yeah there's definitely something said about being prepared like Mm -hmm. different terrains and different ecosystems like you were talking about the more you go outdoors maybe the more comfortable you get just like with nature and maybe you start to feel invincible. And (laughs) like, I mean, I don't feel that way. I definitely go prepared some, like all the time. Still. I don't always carry my bear spray with me though. (laughs) When you said that, that like reminded me that I used to hike with bear spray, like all the time. I was so paranoid that I was going to run into a bear, even like in Minnesota, like up on the superior hiking trail, like, and all we have is black bears here, but I was just like overly cautious But I think it's better to be cautious and prepared than to be that invincible person and not have anything with you and then have something really bad happen.
0: Yeah, it's better to be overcautious and prepared, you know, the 99% of the time for when that 1% of the time happens and you actually need, you know, bear spray or you need, you know, something to save your life.
1: Absolutely. Like your emergency kit with all the things too. I mean... This summer, because we were traveling in the middle of nowhere places, driving forever with our baby, we got like baby Benadryl, baby Tylenol and just like loaded our emergency Mm -hmm. kit. And just just in case, you never know if you're allergic reactions, anything can happen. So it's better to have all of those what ifs like that's the thing, too. Like you can put all those what ifs in your mind and then you could talk yourself out of even doing the adventure at that point, because Mm -hmm. all the what ifs might scare you. But I think the biggest thing you can do is educate yourself and be prepared for situations that could arise. And chances are like the worst thing that might happen is like, yeah, maybe some poison ivy, maybe like you roll an ankle, maybe you get some blisters. I mean, those are, I mean, I've never had anything really bad happen Having a castaway
0: situation, (laughs) is a very low probability, you know, getting stranded on this isolated island. It's it it does happen, but the chances of it happening are, are very low. But it is important to understand, you know, the dangers. And I think it's important to also understand like accidents are accidents for a reason. You know, you can't Guess when an accident's going to happen? An accident just happens, and you have to be properly prepared to how how to handle that when you are going deep out into the nature and these uh, uh, national parks, and especially when you're bringing other people that are relying on you to be informed. You know the fact that this father Curtis, seven years, he was like, yeah, you know what, that piece of rope is going to be there seven years later, and I'm going to take my family out, and you know I'm depending on my knowledge seven years ago to keep my family safe, it's, you know, obviously, I'm just only able to know the situation based off of the story. So I don't know more about who he is as a father and a person. But in this scenario, he put his family in danger unnecessarily.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to always knowing the most recent updates on the trail or the place you are going. And especially, yeah, if people are relying on you, um, like, yeah, we've taken a handful of family and friends out on hikes for the first time to the Boundary Waters for the first time, backpacking for the first time. And we always do like a little rundown with them just Mm -hmm. to like know what to expect and just make them super comfortable with the situation because it's scary to do anything like that for the first time, like to go paddle on open water and just Mm -hmm. like, sleep where there's bears and wolves. (laughs) Yeah, it's scary to go do that stuff. But I think, especially being with someone, with people who have done it before, is that helps you be reassured. This father who, it just seems like he didn't, do the most recent research on the topic.
0: Yeah, and as you were saying, you know, earlier, it's even if you are going doing these hiking this these hiking trails over and over again, you get this, you know, almost this sense of invincibility, but you have to check yourself and say I still need to go through the process to be safe when a pilot who has thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, of flying hours, they still go through the checklist of everything they need to do to make sure that flight is as safe as possible. Most most pilots, not all pilots, you know, I don't want to deal in the absolutes here, but uh, the majority of good pilots will go through that basic checklist just because they know the inherent dangers of What could happen if they don't?
1: And yeah, it goes back to, yeah, those really bad things are very unlikely to happen. But the biggest thing you can do is just educate yourself. Maybe take some first aid classes, wilderness first aid class. Like that's still on my list of things to do, a wilderness first aid class. Mm -hmm. And just always having your first aid kit filled and just knowing how to like identify basic like poison ivy is a good idea, (laughs) knowing how to like identify when wildlife might be around, like just know signs of like Mm -hmm. fresh scat. And if there's like a footprint, know how to identify that and just be aware if there are any wild animals around you.
0: Yeah, I think that's important to be just aware of the surrounding. And, you know, if you are going out in nature, connecting back to that first story, be within nature, you know, really take the time to focus within where you are and be aware of The grandness of what it is, but also the grandness of its danger. You know, it's this, it's this fickle, this fickle, dangerous woman who can take your life just at the snap of a finger.
1: Right, right, exactly, exactly. It's yeah. We it reminds me too, like this summer in the Boundary Waters, we took some friends up for the first time, and I thought we gave them like all the like rundown of everything you should do for safety, but. As we were, like, setting up our campsites in the Boundary Waters, like, already there, already portage and paddled in, like, my friend pulls out, like, three giant bags of all these scented, like, cosmetics and stuff. So, <laughs> I forgot to say, like, don't bring, like, scented stuff mm-hmm. into the wilderness because animals are attracted to that. <laughs> so, we had to, like, stuff all of her scented items into our bear can. <laughs> But like these things, I guess, just aren't they're not obvious to people who don't go outdoors all the time. Mm. But I mean, that's like a very minor thing. It's it's not we were being very cautious. And I was like, you need to hang all of this stuff. Like, don't sleep with any of it. Maybe I'm like overcautious in that situation, but I'd rather be overcautious and hang every last scented thing than have something scented and have a bear attack you.
0: Yeah, the last thing you want is to wake up to, you know, a bear in your campground. Yeah.
1: Or even just like a raccoon. I mean, it's probably likely to be a small mm-hmm. rodent. Even so.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, the like the aspect of just this story and that first story is just this inherent respect. Just respect within nature and respecting nature and respecting the 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 power of nature and what nature can provide us and also taking that into society and respecting one another in society. And, you know, all these lessons you can learn by just taking as they said in that first story taking five minutes to hug a tree
1: yeah absolutely absolutely there's five minutes is all it takes and you might just leave with like a really big smile and have lots of good feelings for the rest of your day.
0: (laughs) And you know, the worst case scenario, you go home smelling like a tree, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Sarah, thank you for taking the time to share your perspective on some of these strangest and most interesting news stories the world has to offer in a productive and meaningful conversation. Listeners, if you'd like to hear more of Sarah's spin whimsicals about life, uh, her and her partner, Andy, as well, or just follow along on their journey as they continue to explore the world and themselves, you can do so by heading to www.hikingthroughlife, through, spell T-H-R-U, through life.net. Once again, www.hikingthroughlife.net. And of course, as always, those links will be included in the description of this episode and on our website, www.watercoolertalkpod.com. So much of your podcast, Hiking Through Life, which you host, and then Andy is the producer, focuses on having conversations with others like yourself, exploring you know this great unknown of life. What have been some of the highlights from guests you've had on the show that have kept with you From the years of podcasting and blogging about their experiences.
1: There's like a handful that have stuck with me, but there's one I had on. His name was Bruce from Human Nature Hunting. And he like runs like a whole hunting kind of retreat. Out in Washington, I believe.
0: This is episode number 77 of Hiking Through Life with Bruce McGlenn.
1: And that's like kind of about, kind of ties back to the conversation we've been having here tonight. Just about how so many humans are losing touch of like the natural world. And they're just like tied to screens and everything. And he had me think a lot different about the hunting aspect. And how hunting Mm -hmm. is more of like a, they really talk about making a connection with the animal. Because my kind of perspective before I spoke with him was like hunting is just for people that want to go kill animals and like eat the meat, you know, just like a very manly thing. But talking with him just gave me like a whole other perspective that they really respect the animal and take a lot of time to like follow this animal and get to know the animal. And then they even like thank the animal After the animal is killed, before they like slaughter Mm -hmm. it to eat.
0: Yeah, kind of more of like ethical hunting, kind of that connection with, you know, like Native Americans and respecting the earth and respecting what the earth can provide you.
1: Yeah, respecting the earth and just like knowing like things are all all a life cycle. So he's one that like has really stuck out to me. And yeah, it's just like the podcasting journey in general has just given me a lot of great perspectives and stories from people who are, some of them are like entrepreneurs doing really awesome. Awesome things in the outdoor world or some of them are just everyday people who are out getting outside and just seeing the benefits of the outdoors. Another thing that I mentioned earlier is that I teach outdoors and I love, I've had some opportunities to talk with some really awesome guests about the benefits of getting young children outdoors. So another one that really stands out to me is Linda McGurk. She wrote, there's no such thing as bad weather. She's from Sweden.
0: This is episode number 40 of Hiking Through Life with Linda McGurk.
1: And over in Sweden, like, they really emphasize, like, outdoor play and just, like, the whole outdoor culture. Like, they let their babies sleep in strollers outside like every day. It's just a normal thing. And like here, that would never happen (laughs) because you'd think like crazy people would come take your baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was like a really awesome guest to have on. And she wrote the book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, and just gives a lot of perspective into the benefits of outdoor play and that, yeah, there's no such thing as bad weather get outside <laughs> with your kids, like rain or shine, you can get out there. There's ways to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I no, I appreciate you sharing that and sharing, you know, these good experiences with guests you have, because it is it's, you know, this whole aspect of podcasting or just having conversations and meeting people is like we talked about off the air before we started recording is getting these new perspectives on life that you would never get Otherwise.
1: Absolutely. And that reminds me too. So, the Hike for Mental Health, the organization that this is going to be donated to, the person who told me about that. She was on the podcast to to talk about Hike for Mental Health. This is episode number 57
0: of Hiking Through Life podcast.
1: Yeah, she was someone that like I randomly met when I was up on a hike. She was like through hiking the whole Superior Hiking Trail in Minnesota. We just happened to meet her. We, We invited them to come back and stay at our house for a few days. Like she and the friend that she was with at that time. And it's just another one of those like... Human connections that don't regularly happen because you don't always talk to strangers. But that day, I decided to talk to a stranger and like invite her over. Then, like, just made a great relationship with a person. Made great stories. Learned about hike for mental health and the awesome stuff that it does. And and that's not to say like every stranger you talk to is going to end up being a positive story. Like, yes, there are crazy stories out there in our news, but. Just go with your gut feeling and like obviously meet meet strangers in a public place.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: but Don't meet them
0: in the middle of the forest.
1: <laughs> yes, not like me. Actually it was at a brewery, but still.
0: <laughs> I met I met a um a couple, an Icelandic couple in the middle of Yellowstone and it, it ended up being a good interaction and you know, I haven't I have no idea what they're doing nowadays, but I just remember meeting them in the middle of Yellowstone and mi- no one around. I'm like, all right, this is probably, once again, I would have had that Icarus moment, thought I was on top of the world. Uh, but yeah, it's just yeah, be safe. But it is, you know, I have so many friends from traveling and just, you know, talking with people. And you find a lot of these people are very open about sharing their stories and they want to hear your stories. And, you know, back to what I was saying, that mutual respect of... I'll share me and you share you. And if we like that about each other, let's be friends.
1: Right, absolutely. And it just goes down to like breaking down those walls between strangers. Because once you get to know someone's story and their background and their perspective, then it takes away the judgments that you're gonna have about a person. And it just, you'll better understand why and how they do certain things the way that they do. Yeah,
0: well, I'd love to hear that. All right, as always, thank you to all my listeners for listening to another episode of Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Sarah, where we take the strangest and most interesting real-life news stories from around the world and, well, just try and have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories. Sarah, we are now to my favorite part of the show, where I get to hand off the show to you to close it, however you see fit. You know, if you want to tell a story, if you want to give some advice, if you want to sing a song, if you want to tell a joke, or if you want to give some financial advice, I don't know. I don't know. The floor is yours. Do whatever you think is right to perfectly wrap up this episode. No pressure at all. Sarah, The floor is yours.
1: Oh, gosh, this is this is pressure. Gosh, financial advice, life advice. (laughs) There's so many things I could say. Um, You know, I would say for financial advice, I just want to encourage people to join their Facebook like free groups. Like there's like these groups on Facebook that are like neighborhood free giveaway for free groups. And those are an awesome platform to be on because People are just like giving away things and like I give away things on there. And it's just like this awesome community of people who don't want to waste items, which is awesome because like then we're putting less in the trash and we're being a lot more like eco friendly about it. But you're giving something to somebody who needs it for free. Mm -hmm. So I would really encourage people to join those groups because, yeah, you'll save money and your thing will go to someone in need. So please do that because that's how we got rid of a lot of our items when we were selling our house was doing a lot of the stuff for free. It's just there's something like really refreshing about knowing an item is going to someone who's actually needs the item other than just loading it in your car and taking it to Goodwill or just loading it in a dumpster.
0: I like that. So
1: I encourage people to go join those type of types of groups. And then, of course, go hug a well,
0: tree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go just a tree. I just like go it. hug a tree uh, and get Sarah, outdoors. It was a, <laughs> just go hug on. Make sure you ask the tree if it's your neighbor's tree. Make sure you ask your, you know, your neighbor first. <laughs> um But Sarah, it was an absolute pleasure. I love just you know to have a really just positive conversation. I think we need a lot more positivity in our world. So I appreciate you coming on and you know just having a really fun and positive conversation about Earth and nature and exploring oneself and you know, just all those kouturmans. So I I very much appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on.
0: Well, listeners, until next time. Peace.
1: This is the story of a
0: podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real.